It's showtime. Ask the podcast coach for January 14th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. Now you have to dance. There you go. There it is. That music, that fun-filled music that lets you know it is time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am your host, Dave Jackson, from the theschoolofpodcasting.com. And this week, we got two people in the chair. We're going to be talking to some Spreaker today. And uh, first, joining me, as always, the uh, the jelly to my peanut butter. That's, uh, that's starting to sound weird, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the one and only like <laughs> Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I won't say anything. Let's get right to the guest. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> why don't you why don't you introduce the one and only guest while I switch back to my other PC? Yeah, we're, we're super excited to have Rob Greenlee with us today. Of course, Rob is over at Spreaker uh, now. Has a great podcast of his own that he's doing over there with Spreaker Live, the Spreaker Live show. And uh, Rob, great to have you on Ask the Podcast Coach. Great to be back, guys. That's for sure. And um, can I be the potato chips in the uh, yeah. and jelly sandwich? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. Maybe the potato chips in the middle of the club sandwich. Maybe Dave and I. Oh, would, okay. okay. Yeah, I classic. just wanted to add a little crunch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we can in the center. There we go. But uh, if you hang out with Rob, you will hear all sorts of stories. Rob was into podcasting before there was like podcasting. There will be discussions of real audio players in your future if you hang out with Rob long enough. And what was the weird Microsoft thing? I remember when we were at uh, Podcast Minute Atlantic, you were talking about some weird Microsoft thing that you were using before. Oh, I, I wish you could remember. Actually, uh, very few people know this, but Microsoft actually had, I believe, the first podcasting platform. Back in uh, 2002 to 2005, uh, it was called Sync and Go. Yeah. So it, hmm. yeah, it actually uh, worked with the Pocket PC device and uh, Windows XP at that time, and it just basically synchronized uh, audio and video files from a PC to a portable device like the Pocket PC. So I was actually actually my show was on that platform. It was only 13 content providers at the time, but actually I got paid 25 cents per download. Nice. Wow. The, the pocket awesome. PC. That is that is pocket a PC. Yeah. There's a phrase I've not heard in a while. Yeah, long time. The pocket PC. Awesome. Well, one of the reasons. Speaking of 25 cents a download, um, one of the reasons I wanted to bring Rob on today is uh, this. Was it last week that this came out, or was it a week before? How long has it been out? The your, your the ad revenue. Yeah. Yeah, it just came out. Well, actually, it's been in kind of. Um, a little bit of a beta testing phase for a couple months now. Okay. Uh, but it was officially launched with, you know, all of its bells and whistles, at least to this stage here this past week. Yeah, that's right. Nice. If anybody knows me, if you're, you're new to the show, I love to play with new toys and uh, went over and signed up. It's super easy to you. All you need is basically your bank account information. Your You need to upload a W-9 um, so that... You know, it's that whole Uncle Sam tax purposes thing. And for me, I have that information all the time. So I had it readily available and was up and running in a matter of minutes. And uh, when did your new player come out? I guess your new player isn't that new, but I hadn't played. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple of months for that one. And it's yeah, it's just I mean, we're constantly taking different areas of the platform and just doing some work on them and making them better and the whole monetization and the CMS system are, yeah. are 
are, are things that we've wanted to do in the platform for uh, for at least a year, year and a half. I mean, ever since I joined the company, those were some priorities that I wanted to see happen. And and we're kind of moving into a phase right now where monetization, I think, is going to be really important. Yeah, uh, Rob, you you mentioned there's some limitations to it at this point on yes. the live show, and I recommend anybody who's seriously interested in this go back to the last Spreaker live show, Rob and and Alex talk about it, but. For for our audience, few limitations. Uh, can you talk a little bit about them? Only pre-roll, yeah. some of those kinds of things. What are the limitations? Yeah, I think that there was a little bit of um, expectations that went beyond reality on this a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people thought that uh, there was a lot more going on, and we do have plans for mid-roll and more true dynamic ad insertion into downloads and things like that, but those are coming in the future. But this this product this beta product right right now is only pre-roll and it's only available in the Spreaker uh, podcast radio apps on Android and iOS and the the widget web embedded player uh, so it's only going to play through those two areas of the platform it's not even going to play on the website yet uh, so this is really kind of at the beginning stages we're kind of just lifting this off as you see over the next coming months this is going to, you know, more capability is going to be added to it. But that's kind of the limitation. The podcaster doesn't have control over its placement, obviously, because it's always in a pre-roll position. I've gotten a lot of questions about, oh, is this, can we set, you know, locations for the ads to play in our show? And and I have to tell everybody you can't do that um, yet. And you don't have, have the ability to select the advertiser either yet. So that's... That's the other limitation. I mean, a lot of shows are sensitive to to certain um, advertisers, and and they want to have that control. So that that piece is also coming too. So when you opt into this, and it's opt in, it's not you know defaulted yeah. add to your account or anything like that. Um, then that's kind of the the deal that we have right now. Yeah, that's the the thing we should mention. That it, as soon as you put your information in, I think it opted in for all my shows, and it was and it takes you right to that screen. And, you, and if you don't want in, you just go nope, 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 nope. So yeah, exactly. So you can opt out of individual show series and or, or opt back in. You can turn it off and on like a light switch. Yeah, Jim, you were going to ask something. Yeah, uh, there's also a limitation that you need to be on the new CMS, right? So Correct. for current Spreaker users, if you're on the old CMS, you, you're going to need to switch over. The setup for that inside is inside the new CMS. So I was a little confused at first. I was looking for it, and I'm like, oh, that's right. I hadn't switched, I hadn't switched over to the new CMS, so I popped over. And Yeah, so that's the other part to this, too, is that we're still in the transition of, of moving features from our old kind of way that we had had the content management into the CMS system. So more and more of that stuff is going to be in the CMS system uh, over time. So, And yeah. so it's opt-in. Does this cost any more to participate in this? Right. Nope. If anything, uh, it should save you money on your hosting costs. Right. That's so, the goal anyway. The, yeah. Rob, any thought of, uh, of credit for instead of going to the bank account that I could build, you know, I could – yeah, I actually, I mean, it's a really good comment, Jim, because I, I did mention that to the team, and I think that that, that will be an ability, I think, in the future, because it, it, it just makes sense um, to actually have that kind, kind of ability. It's a, From an accounting perspective, it is a little bit of a mixed bag yeah. for yeah. the company. It's good to have those things kind of cleanly separate. Yep, primarily, yeah. right? Yeah. 
but but it's something that that has been talked about, and I think it makes sense. And then any when when we think about picking our advertisers, can you talk at all about? Because I know that's really important for some people being able yeah. to kind of. Are you guys thinking like we'll have categories of of advertisers that we can pick from, or we can limit out? You know, people may not want tobacco, you know, tobacco ads on their web. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, uh, that's going to be a capability that's really linked up with our our ad partner, Triton Digital. Right now is our kind kind of our back-end supplier, and then we also work with the AdsWiz folks, too. Um, so you've got those folks that would need to be plug, plugged in via an API or something like that to the to the platform to be able to turn that stuff off and on. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's the goal, because currently it does have some geotargeting in there, so those those platforms would, would be able to target their ads to geolocations. Well, that's the thing I've noticed. It's not... Unless it's just a fact that I've already listened to an ad. I know when I went out and, you know, like I say, I, I set it up. I don't know, went to get a glass of water, came back, hit play and heard a Home Depot ad. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I, I went to like my next I had a playlist going. So I went to the mm-hmm. second uh, episode and out came, uh, I think it was a progressive insurance. And then I had another one and it was Sam Adams. I'm like, wow, this is cool. All these big brands. And then eventually I went back and hit again, and I was like, does it know I've already heard an ad and not to do a, a, a pre-roll, or is that the geo-targeting, that maybe at that point there wasn't anybody in my area, which is Ohio? Uh, so you're not always going to get an ad then? I would say probably not. I mean, I don't know for sure. Kind of, That's kind of um, – I didn't drill that deep into it. Right. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, you're probably not going to get – and add every time just because I don't think that the campaigns are, they're going to be scattered around. And sometimes there isn't going to be an active campaign. If you think about how a lot of these advertising campaigns work, they work on a um, basis of, of, you know, it's like an impression is what they call it. And once that campaign has reached its, you know, its threshold and it drops out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Cause that was one of the things that, that I was, I saw and I went, Ooh, this could be a, you know, it's great. Some people are like, oh, cool. I, I want this. I want that. And I saw where you could have your player autoplay, which is kind of neat. And then I thought, mm-hmm. ooh, but that also opens the door for people writing scripts to just sit there and refresh the page all day and yep. and drive up. And I'm like, oh, that could be, you know, we're going to have a new form of Twitter bombing now where, where people are, you know, you give well, them give them something good and they will find a way to throw it right exactly. in the trash. And there has been some problems with uh, people running scripts that will actually autoplay to to create fake plays. And that's something that, you know, I think all of the platforms that use embedded players that have that auto bay auto play capability built into them are, are, are battling on, on occasion where there'll be people out there that will try and game the system and try and you know, initiate fake, fake plays. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, you give somebody that drives me crazy. You know, it's like, if only you would use your powers for good. That's right. <laughs> Rob, you guys have a player that uh, we have a kind of the standard player. You hit play; it's audio only. But there's also, uh, and it's not video, but you, you have it. In a, you have a kind of an additional player as well. Can you talk about that? Because that that's included in this right now, right? Well, I think as you're probably thinking of our 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 player that has a playlist capability. Yeah, that basically it enables you to to add all your episodes to let's say a separate page on your website or something like that, or in your your WordPress blog. And it will play your episodes on a sequential basis. 
and it will show you the episodes right below the actual player. And I think there's some other player, other companies that have this kind of capability as well. So it isn't necessarily we're the unique one on this, but we did put a lot of effort into making our our player really capable and and making it really really very attractive. So you can add you know artwork in the large window behind the player and things like that to to brand it more to your liking. But it is a much larger player, and, and it occupies a larger percentage of your um, screen, and it gives you more access to episodes. Will, will there be visual ads then as well that, oh, that come with that capability? That's one of the cool so things. So when you say visual ads, are you talking about videos or are you talking uh, about display ads? Uh, maybe both. Well, the the new um, ad campaign system does have a, a what's called a companion tile that actually will display in the the web player itself. You know, or you're hearing a Geico ad, it's very likely yeah. that a Geico banner will also appear at the same time that that ad is playing. That actually did yeah. happen. That's why, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention the Geico ad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was sitting yeah. there and all of a sudden my artwork got replaced by the little Geico guy for whatever it was, 30 seconds. And then once the ad was done, the, the artwork came back and it kept creeping on. I was like, well, that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it's a call of, to action. It's a way for the you know the advertiser to have a the capability of a response. Dave, what are your numbers on Spreaker? And you've got it turned on. What kind of uh, results are you getting back? Uh, well, again, I've I've just now here because you got to remember for me as most podcasts, it's going to come through RSS. So I'm just doing web plays, and most of my web plays I have on as the podcast coach. I'm using Hanny's. Oh, what's his simple, po- simple, simple, simple podcast. podcast player, which is a whole other thing. I'm like, how do I get, you know, if I want to really get the the maximum of this, I need to, to swap that out. So that's actually, I'm in the process now of moving my feed over. Um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. I want to bore you with it. So I can then, cause now if I don't use that player, it doesn't go into my feed. It's, there's a whole mess thing. Um, but yeah, this is a couple of things. I'm going to share my screen here. And uh, so what it is, this is the, the the new CMS. So you can see I have a couple shows on Spreaker because, again, I like to play. And and it's a great platform. So when I go here, the, the player that uh, Rob was talking about, I can just go over here and click on Embed. And you see the option here to make it a playlist and all sorts of other fun things. But the you'll see here it says, and again, we should mention, this is a beta thing at this point. Um, yeah. And you can see we're actually live right now on Ask the Podcast Coach. Um, so and this is why I had the questions. There are there are these, the purple ones are requests, then there are impressions, and then there's revenue. So at this point, again, uh, this has been active. It looks like a whopping two days for me. And I've had 10 requests. I've had five impressions, and I'm assuming at this point, because none of these are yellow, I have no revenue. So what's the difference between a, a request and impression, and, and when do these actually count? Because at first I got all excited. I'm like, ooh, I've made 50 cents on the 12th. Um, well, I think what you're looking at there, the difference between a request is is um, a, a request for an episode, right? Uh, and then an ad was delivered. That's the contrast right. there, and we said because of the geo targeting, yeah. not every you know, every, yep. not every uh, play is going to have an ad. So well, and and there's campaign thresholds too. So okay. let's say a, a Geico comes in and buys buys a million um, ad placements. Um, once they hit that million number, then the campaign turns off. So so you'll have a rotation of that that's happening on a regular basis. So that could create 
up and downs, you know, in those numbers. So what you're seeing there is not every episode is getting an ad. Got it. I, I like I say, we're, we're joking here because, again, it's, it's a whole day's. But look, if I follow this over, this is 50 cents. Is that is that going to because that it, does an impression equal automatic? Yeah, know? it's yeah, it's a counter towards your your compensation. Okay. Yeah, because the reason I was confused is I did have five impressions, but over here it says I had zero in revenue. There's probably a threshold that you have to reach before you um, ah. trigger it to actually display. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, now. What does that mean, Rob, when you say a threshold? Can you, does that well, mean I- these things are usually purchased on a cost per thousand basis? So it may not actually display until, until you reach a thousand. Hmm. Uh, uh, by individual um, show then as well. So, what you're saying is I could get a hundred impressions, but it's not going to pay out a partial amount of that. It's going to wait until it gets to a thousand. Yeah. It'll actually total up to, to a thousand. Then it will pay off. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And is that by, is that by advertiser or is that by how, how what do I, I get, have to get a thousand of, in this case, a thousand of what? Uh, you as a content creator, uh, it's a thousand plays basically across, uh, you know, however many shows that you have. Okay. Um, so, and if you're getting that, then that's going to trigger a payout, uh, at that point. So, so there is a, some thresholds that have to be met because these campaigns are sold on a, on a cost per thousand basis. Okay. See, that's the part that I was like, if I look at this, I had five impressions and if I follow this line over, that was 50 cents. And that's when I was like, I got to be doing something wrong because 50 cents, um, divided by five is like. A diamond impression, and I went okay. If I if I multiply that by a thousand, yeah. I'm like that's a hundred bucks. That's a hundred dollar CPM, and I was like, is that accurate? Is that because I usually when I hear CPMs on on big general things like that, I was like, you know, I was waiting for six dollars a CPM or something like that. <laughs> well, it probably is something like that. Actually, I'm not quite sure what you're seeing there. Okay, that's causing that. Um, yeah, it's. It's not going to be probably a hundred dollar CPM. Yeah, that's no. why I was I like, wish. I've got to do something <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, because I went that I was like, well, I'm excited about this now, and I was like, wow, well, there's there's got to be something here that I'm not seeing. So, uh, Rob, what are you seeing for some of your best? This has been in beta for a while. You guys have been running this behind the scenes a little bit. What are you seeing some for, from some of your best? You don't need to name them, but the best customers that you have or folks that are running. What kind of results are you seeing? You know, I think in the early stages, we had so few companies on this or f so few shows that were on this. We didn't really have that much uh, results coming through. And I think at the time, I think we only had it turned on to just um, just our, 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 our apps, I believe. So, so the, the opportunity for impressions were pretty, pretty low at the time. Uh, so as we roll this out to more areas of our platform, and then also uh, currently, and I I can't I can't remember if I told you guys or not, but this these ads are not being placed in your downloads. Right. Uh, so if you're doing any podcasting, it's uh, not going to be in iTunes or anything like that. Well, so, well, at play. I've purchased the you know the apps from you guys that uh, mm -hmm. for both Android and iPhone. Will it play through those today if I have if I have that app? Will it? Yeah, yeah it'll play through the, any any mobile app, but it's not okay. going to play through um, uh, on, on the website or in your downloads. And while we're on apps, I've been wanting to ask you for a while. 
on the iPhone, the app doesn't allow for downloads. It's only streaming only. Do you know, are there any updates coming for those apps? They, they don't yeah, seem to be updated have, very often. Yeah, so we have a plan to update all of the custom apps to enable downloading. It's kind of like it, it coming in the next month or so, a couple months, I think is what the roadmap looks like. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, that's good to hear. I, I, that's probably the number one question I get from my iPhone app users. Is like, hey, yeah. Jim, I can just stream this. Can you fix it? Because they well, want to download yeah, I think if you think about Spreaker and its history, it's it's been primarily a kind of a streaming platform. And I've been really, really pushing the company and encouraging them to make sure that that auto-download capability is built into everything. And and because, I mean, that is the backbone of podcasting. And so the the current apps that we have, the, the Android and iOS app for Spreaker, um, has that auto-downloading capability, the playlist playback capability. And we've Unfortunately, we've more recently added that kind of capability into the app because most people were just going in and clicking play. As we move more towards podcasting, as the company has moved that way, it's it's become more important on the whole download side. Stephen asks, you know, we, we mentioned the W nine for your your tax number. What about international people like Canadians? It's U.S. only right now. Yeah. So again, it's beta. You're just rolling it out. You're sticking your toe in the water. Uh, yeah, and we're trying to learn. Um, you know, what's the feedback? We've been getting a lot of different feedback um, and and a lot of misunderstandings. And I think a lot of it is just kind of hopefulness of what, what they would like to have the platform do. Right. And so it's it's uh, it, it's been a little bit of like, say, okay, I, I hear you. You, you wanted this capability, but we're not there yet. And so we're kind of doing a lot of that right now is just kind of like, making sure everybody understands what the what the true functions are today and and have a little bit of vision about where we're trying to go with it. And then uh, Alan asked uh, just a, a general speaker speaker question. Um, how much bandwidth do you need or, or, or in terms of an Internet connection if you want to stream live on on Spreaker? Well, we stream everything at 128K. So that that'll that'll give you a pretty good basis the quality is very important to us. We want to have audio that's um, that sounds good, and we're we're willing to put the bandwidth out there to make that happen. You know, there's been companies that we all know of in the past that um, have been uh, it, it's been acceptable to have low low audio quality. That's not us. We mentioned uh, earlier when I was doing my math. Um, Maybe we should set some expectations here as well. Do are we allowed to talk? Like, what a do we have like an average CPM for the advertiser? Is that something that's going to be public knowledge? Or I, you know, I haven't even heard that myself. So I haven't inquired about what the what what the actual CPMs are. So I'd be happy to find that out, and then I can come back on another episode and we can talk about that if you want to, or I can I can just share. You know, with you guys at some point, once I get and kind of get a range. But yeah. my my guess would be is it's probably going to be on these campaigns, depending on the the targeting and the shows. It's going to range between probably um, five and now I'm talking about the overall campaigns. I'm not talking right. about what the disbursements are based on the split. It's like a sixty forty split is what what the campaigns right. are right now. But it's going to be somewhere between probably five and. $10 CPMs is my range, Got it. is my guess. It may be higher. And as we add capabilities of dynamic ad insertion, host read capabilities, all those kind of things, th those numbers, the goal is, is for those CPM numbers to go up. 
Right. Um, because, I mean, if you as a content creator are voicing the spots and you're just using our technology to get it in there um, or, or, or whatever, you should be able to tap into a higher CPM. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, everybody's got it's almost like a wedding. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their ideas of what it should do. You know? Yeah, what I mean? exactly. And uh, what if somebody wants to run their own ads? I'm sure that's coming. You've probably heard that. Like, you know, well, you know, if you look at Spreaker across the board, we've had this capability of being able to run your own yes. um, display gonna... ads. So you can kind of see that we have this ideology that we want to enable. Um, advertisers and show creators to be able to run campaigns on Spreaker. So you can be assured that that's coming. One of the coolest features that I've always thought other people would see that and jump on board and they haven't. If you listen to the show on Spreaker.com, you'll hear me say, well, hello, Spreaker listeners. This is Dave Jackson. The school, the Ask the Podcast Coast is brought to you by the school of podcasting.com. Use the coupon code Spreaker and save. And I, I've always thought that's cool that you can make your own pre-roll um, if you wanted to. So when I was listening to yeah. the playlist I had made, the Geico commercial came on and then my commercial came on. Then the show finally <laughs> started. Say, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a really good point, Dave, because you could – accidentally create a double pre-roll situation that may be okay yeah it just depends on what you want to do i mean if you're i mean i mean like you i'm sure your host reads are fun and enjoyable and so it's probably okay to have two pre-rolls as long as there's some fun content there yeah and it was really quick so i wasn't doing a two minute you know i wasn't doing a four minute (laughs) audible ad like uh leo or somebody like that it was very quick and to the point but uh i've always thought that was a cool feature i was always like yeah, I'm surprised some of these smart players and all my, is there any way I can upload? Can, can I do the Spreaker thing? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. We should look into that. And then nobody did. And I was like, oh, that's, that's very much a unique Spreaker thing at this point. We, we yep. probably need to take a greater advantage of that at Gallup because, you know, we use Spreaker as, as the back end for our Gallup podcasts. And, you know, we have like these events coming up in summer and then they expire. And it, right, I have the ability to put that in and say, I want you to play this pre-roll here and then stop it at this point. We're probably not taking advantage of that. That may be something I need to go back to work on Monday <laughs> and explore a little bit because I'd forgotten you guys provide those the ability to put kind of your own pre-roll yeah. uh, in up front. And that for us, that's perfect because we have these events that we want to highlight, but I, I only want to highlight them. Now, that that also only goes for the player or will that show up in a download as well in the current um, pre-roll? No, it's only um, off of the website and off of um, our our web players. Okay. Yeah, we and, don't, we get in the app. Yeah. We use you guys as an RSS feed. So it's, that's, that sounds like great technology, you know, coming up uh, for us. Cause we may include, you know, me, we may want to include some of those as well. Hey, uh, let me, can I shift gears, Dave, for a second? Sure. You, get away from advertising. Rob, um, you started Spreaker Live Show as a way to communicate to your customers, which is exactly why we started podcasting at Gallup, because I had these global customers around the world. Mm-hmm. I wanted them saying and hearing the same things at the same time. How has you doing that podcast for Spreaker, how has that changed the way Spreaker sees its customers? I mean, are you getting more feedback than you thought before? Are you able to communicate to them faster? Did the does Spreaker, does the, uh, Francesco feel like that's a great way to reach the customers? Can you talk a little bit about how the podcast has changed Spreaker? I don't know that it's necessarily changed Spreaker's. Um, Spreaker has been, it's a, a team that's that's based in Europe, and they, they've been very much, you know, they're quite different than, a, than most of the teams that you would think of that are running podcasting platforms here in the U.S., 
because uh, they have a global view. So the Spreaker Live show is really kind of more of a U.S. centric thing. So um, it's it's been something that they've needed because um, generally the staff for Spreaker are, are not podcasters themselves. They're very technical people. They're very competent in the the engineering and programming side and then the, the, the global marketing approaches, but they really didn't have a kind of like this content piece. So, so when I started, that was about the time when we created the, the blog, I, if you go to blog.spreaker.com and then also we added the podcast. So it's been kind of like a content marketing strategy. So we've used content to be able to better reach the podcast community and online audio creators and using content to to reach them because um, as you guys both know, and that's why you guys do the show that you do, is that there's a lot of new people coming into the space that need to be um, uh, educated on what the options are and how things work and and all those kind of things. And and those were the kind of things that I did at the prior companies that I worked for too. And it's the same thing I did at Zoom and and whatever it was create a show that talked about the platform and you basically are. Are, um, and I know Lipson does this too and, and others that, that it helps better connect with your, your user base as well as attract new people to the platform based on building a personal relationship. And that's the big thing that I've really always tried to do in this, this podcasting medium is to um, be the face of whatever platform is that, that I'm working for and be accessible and be reachable and to develop conversations and build build relationships with the show hosts. And I think it creates a, a much deeper bond that helps um, build build your business on, on a real solid foundation. Do, do you feel like you're getting a following and that you're doing that yeah. exact thing? I mean, you get to watch your own numbers rise as you, you yeah, do I mean, it's, I mean, doing a podcast about podcasting is not the way to uh, build – huge audiences really ah oh, that's yeah. it we're done dave i you know i know i can't tell you that but but i've been doing podcasts about podcasting for a long time and you know you take the audience that you can get with it i mean there's a lot of shows out there that are doing that these days and and it's always been that way to some degree um and it's it's a very competitive area and not every listener wants to be a podcaster or is a podcaster. So, or every, you know, buddy out there. So you, you are catering to a very niche audience. And I had this conversation with the speaker team here just this last week was uh, we need to do a better job with the speaker live show of integrating even in with the blog and, and doing more synchronization of what we're communicating. Cause I tend to like communicate the stuff that I like to talk about you know, on the Spreaker live show, uh, it may not always align with uh, what Spreaker wants to talk about. So, so I know Dave, you're, you're kind of interesting in that as well. Cause you, you know, you work for Lipson, but you're, but you do, you know, like you bring me on this show to talk about Spreaker. So well, here's my thought about of, that. I, I thought about that yeah. today in the, in the shower. I'm like, I wonder if this is going to get me in hot water. And here's my, <laughs> here's my, here's my thought on that. Let's say I don't have Rob on the show. Because I'll probably play a big chunk of this on the school of podcasting. Yeah, it's not like the podcasting community is going to go. Really, Dave didn't talk about it. I, I guess it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know, I know Todd lovingly will say, "Well, Dave has an agenda." You know, and I'm like, "Well," yeah. and, and sure, you know, I'm always, you know, 
Rob's always going to point people to Spreaker. I'm always going to point people to Libsyn. And, yeah. and Todd's always going to point people to Blueberry. And I think the nice thing about it is we all kind of have that, you know, what are the, the entrepreneurs called? An, an abundance mindset. You know, you're going to pick whoever you want to pick. Here's the facts. Make a yeah, decision. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. And so to me, I was like, it's, you know, I'm just, to me, this was news. This was like, wow, somebody's actually pulled it off. And it's a different thing because ad insertion really isn't, that new. I mean, Lipson has Lipson Pro. We've been doing it for a while, but this is a different yeah. model. That one you have to pay up front and then you pay for your bandwidth. This one you're not paying for your bandwidth, but you know, we're giving Spreaker, you know, uh forty percent of the deal. You know, so to me it's it's a different it's apples and oranges kind of thing. And uh, it's like I said, it's, it's not like if I don't talk about it, people are gonna go, Did you oh, I didn't hear about that? I'm like, well, what's <laughs> So it's like, let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? Well, and, this isn't the Lipson Live show. No, it's either. not Lipson Live. No, and, and, and I really thought about one of the things that really cheesed me off back in the day is Adam Curry had the Daily Source Code, and I love that show. And the one thing that really ruined it was when Adam started uh, then Pod Show, later Mevio, is he quit talking about everything else in the podcasting atmosphere and i was like no. wait, wait why aren't you talking about this and that because he wanted to only promote pod show and i was like well that's not cool that's not what i tuned in for yeah. so i don't want to well i do want to be adam curry but i, I don't want to be adam curry in, in that aspect <laughs> where i only talk about lips and stuff because then that's not what my show is about so uh I, yeah. I i did have a speaker question in terms of when i'm doing show notes um how does it handle link? Do I have to start all my links with HTTP to make them clickable? Is that how that works? Yeah. 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 Currently we've talked about making more of a, a, what you see, what you get kind of a, yeah. a comment or show notes area. And I think that's coming too. So yeah. Emily, has I like a, it. I, I fashion all my show notes that way anyways, cause I copy and paste them into a variety yeah. of yeah. those providers. And that just seems to be the most standard. It doesn't look the best, and I get I get massive feedback from uh, when we try to do this at Gallup. All the designers they hate that and they want to shorten everything and you know make it really clean. And I'm like, I also I don't trust URLs oftentimes that have been that are hidden behind links. I kind of want to see, and I know you could hide behind a, you know anyways, but yeah. I want to see that link. And so I use the full URL and everything I do. Just yeah, and I think it makes that's. More sense. It, that's certainly one advantage of us doing it that way. Um, it, it it does feel a little primitive at times, though. <laughs> no, it, especially if the link is messy, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. from, from that standpoint. If it's really – we can use pretty link and some of those things kind of clean those up a little bit and give a live, you know, yeah. a, a good live look at it. But I like it. Yeah, I wanted to mention one thing about your earlier topic about uh, this collaboration or this um, co-competitive um, – cooperation that goes on amongst Spreaker, Ellipson, and and Blueberry. You know, I've known Rob, and I've known Dave, and I've known um, Todd for far longer than we've been all competitors of each other. And we're all f friends. We know each other very personally. And that's, at the end of the day, what it is for, for me. And, and I think we're all looking out for the, the growth of the medium. And sure, we're competitors at times. I've been competitor and other times I've not been competitor. So, and who knows in the future, I may be doing something completely different and, and not with a competitive platform. And I'll still be coming on the, the new media show to, right. to talk about stuff. But I don't really talk about Spreaker much on the new media show. Anyway, we talk about 
uh, important issues in the podcasting space. And that's not a platform for me to promote Spreaker. And I, I, and I know that um, Todd kind of looks at it that way as well. And I know, you know, Dave, you've been on the Spreaker Live show before. And, and so this cross-pollination that, that, that happens is maybe good for each of the companies. But most of all, it's, it's good for the industry and it's good for everybody that we all stay in contact and talk and co- co-cooperate, but co-compete too. And, then, yeah. and I think that's okay. Well, to me, competition always makes, you know, it, in the end, the podcast community wins. When somebody comes up with a new feature, you're like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Now we got to, you know, and to me, really great ideas usually don't come right out of the gate. It's, ooh, that's mm-hmm. really good. And then somebody else goes, ooh, but what if it did this? And then somebody else goes, and so it just kind of stacks on each other. I was doing, a, I made a video this week just because I was in a Facebook group and and they were going off about new and noteworthy. And I was like, all right, I've had it with this. So I made a video about the truth about new and noteworthy. And I was looking for a picture of Rob Walsh. And I went to his mm-hmm. Facebook page. It was hilarious because there were pictures of, I think it was, it was you, Rob sitting next to Todd, sitting next to Francesco. And it was like every, it was like all of them. And it, I think the caption was fun competitors at a, at a meeting, silverware removed for, you know, something like that. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but um, when we were at Podcast Movement, it was me, Rob, and Good. Rob. So we always kind of hang out. And plus, it's one of those things where as a podcast media hosting company, nobody else understands what it's like to be a podcast media hosting company, but another podcast. I mean, me and, and Mike Dell can share war stories all over, you know, just back and forth <laughs> about, oh, this guy did this. And, you know, so that's always fun, too, as well. But uh so Emily said, yeah, I'd love to see Libsyn, Spreaker, Blueberry, all playing nice together. Yeah. And then uh, maybe eventually we'll have a, a, a death cage, some sort of match where we'll, you know, all show up in singlets and wrestle each other. That'll be great fun. Yeah, exactly. Again, I think all of us have, well, number one, all those companies have podcasters in their, their um, you know, management and things like that. I think that helps. I think we want the whole medium to uh, advance as well. But, Rob, but you know, Dave, not, not not everybody in this medium um, has the philosophy that uh, that that we have. And as a lot of new companies have come into this space, a lot of kind of old school business practices have uh, followed. And it's and I think it's I mean, it's been frustrating for me to see that happen because I've always tried to foster relationships with everybody in the the, the podcasting community for many years. But I I definitely have seen a, a change over the last couple of years. Yeah. Rob, how's the response to the new CMS? It's been great. It's been great. I think um, people want uh, it to be better and more integrated even than what it is today. Uh, I think once we get there, it's going to be a, a, a really interesting tool as we add monetization capabilities and other, other capabilities that we have in the, the, the plans. It's just going to make it a lot easier for people to, to manage their content. And this, the thing I loved about it was it just kind of just happened. It's like the one day I logged in and clicked on my shows and I was like, well, this is a lot easier to navigate. Um, yeah. So it's I, all there. Yeah. It's a good job yeah. on that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, you know, like Lipson has had for a long time. I mean, I was a long time customer of Lipson pro myself. So I'm, I know what you guys had, had built over there and not that we were trying to copy anything or anything like that. It was just more the, the concept of having all of the functions right in a, in a consolidated, you know, area. Well, this, this platform did have stuff kind of scattered around. 
Well, and the other thing that's kind of funny is we we mentioned earlier how um, you know ad insertion isn't that new. Um, the last company that did it, and I was like, oh, cool, somebody's actually got it for the you know for lack of a better phrase, the little guy uh, was Audiometric.io, and about the time I was really getting excited about it, they got bought by Panoply, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> bummer. So down under. Those yeah. guys down under. Yeah. yeah. It's a really small company. I mean, I had actually talked to the guy that, that founded that company back before Panoply bought them. And I know it was like two or three people or two or three engineers down there is yeah. what actually created that company. And I was actually surprised there, there was a lot of thought that the, that that company really wasn't mature enough to really be a platform that could support like a Panoply um, network. Uh, I think that they had to put a lot of band-aids in that to get it to yeah. <laughs> to scale <laughs> yeah I, I think it's one of those where they they had the working demo that was kind of you know yeah, exactly. macgyvered together and they went hey we got purchased and they went oh oh that's good and oh my gosh what are we going to do now yeah exactly it was like an alpha product um <laughs> yeah. that got purchased well it yeah. was it was one of those things and this is where again yours is kind of different is when they i was with them like almost since day one and i remember i had like it was like Jim's insurance house or something like some weird ad that somebody had bought ads on. So they had this great tool. They just didn't have any advertisers. And so that's where I think most of these platforms right now are having probably the, the whole advertise cast in the, what's the one buzz cast. And there's a ton of these at, you know, just put your show up and people will advertise on it. Well, the bad news is there's no advertisers. You've gone the opposite direction. You went with uh, Triton who has advertisers. So the minute you sign up, you know, you can start uh, generating some some revenue. Yeah, well, Triton has been the largest um, online radio a- advertising platform uh, for many years. I mean, their biggest customer is Pandora. So, wow. Uh, so it's it's a platform that's been around for a long time and is is known as a quality provider of online audio ads. And so, a lot of the big agencies back in New York um, trust Triton Digital as a uh, as the tooling to, to enable this stuff. So you get a lot of quite, as you've seen, Dave, I mean, I mean, the quality of the advertisers that are involved on this is probably going to be pretty acceptable to most of the, of the, the you know, the content providers on the platform. Yeah. The only one that I went, Oh, that's going to cause a problem was a Sam Adams ad came out and I could see some, you know, religious people going, you can't be promoting Sam Adams on my show. Yeah, And I got a, I got an email, you know, from one of those guys asking me about that. Do I have the ability to go in and select categories, just like what you guys asked me? And I yeah. think that's that makes sense to be able yeah. to have that. Nothing wrong with that. Adam, Sam Adams is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. That's right. Hey, I, Rob, I did, oh, go ahead. Dave. I want to take just two seconds, real quick, as we're boy, man, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, just to thank our our patrons. Uh, if you didn't hear it, listen to last week's show when we listened to everybody. But if you uh, donate a certain amount, like Stargate Pioneer uh, from the Legends of Shield podcast and uh, Glenn Hebert from the Horse Radio Network, uh, you get your little name and your shout out there for that. So uh, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, uh, just go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, not only do you get the after show, which we'll be doing a little later, you also get and occasionally I throw in other little fun filled videos. And uh, this week I threw in a thing about how you can have mm hmm. If you send the same email over and over, canned responses in Gmail, if you didn't know those exist, that's a really cool feature. So I threw that in there. So go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and become an awesome supporter. 
Rob, when we think about Europe versus the United States and we think about different styles of podcasting, because I, I do feel like it's a little different when we try to take a U.S. style to Europe. I, I don't know if it works as well. We're a global, Gallup's global, and so I think about those things a lot. Do you mm-hmm. see big differences? And can you talk a little bit about that? Is there things that work in Europe that aren't working in the U.S. and maybe vice versa from a podcast perspective? Well, I think just you know, from a real high level looking at um, – content that's in in Europe or other places around the world, they tend to be localized content. Uh, You don't see a lot of shows being produced in other countries around the world that are being consumed in the U.S. It's really kind of an odd thing. A lot of shows that are produced in the U.S. are consumed everywhere in the country, you know, in the world because they're done in English. But if you look at a lot of the podcasts that are produced like in Germany and Spain and Australia, I mean, not so much Australia, but they tend to be only consumed in their local countries because they're done in local languages. So you have this this kind of dynamic, right? And you just have to understand that. I mean, a lot of the the younger people in all these countries, sure, they speak English, but it's not their primary language. It's their second language. And the speaker team is like this as well. They feel less comfortable speaking English, so they're less likely to be putting out a podcast that will reach a global audience. So that's really what's different. I think what's happening in Europe right now around podcasting, and I've seen it because I've gone to podcast you know, meetups in Spain and other places around the world uh, on my speaker retreats that I go on, is that content creators have a different approach to creating content there too because they're used to state-run media. So they're not thinking of podcasting in the same way that we are yet. They're still thinking of it as a form of radio. And and so they think along those lines. They, they're not seeing right away a distinction between radio and what they're wanting to do. But they're also, what's a, a little bit of a contradiction here is that they're listening to a lot of U.S. podcasts. So I think over time, I think they're going to start producing shows that are more like what we're doing and less kind of radio-like because they still have a lot of conferences in Europe and stuff that focus on radio. And then they kind of have podcasting as kind of like a bolt-on capability. It's, it's kind of like what's happening with the NAB in Las Vegas, where, where radio and television is still the primary. But podcasting is like sliding in on the side and being added as an option, right? It's not being thought of as anything primary yet. And I think that that's where the international market right now with podcasting is, but, uh, but it is picking up and it's ramping up in various areas like South America has got some huge podcasting networks and huge shows. The popularity is, is growing. It's spreading uh, at the same time it's happening here in the U S. So I think at a high level, that's what's happening. And you just got to keep that in mind. From the kind of the European side, I know sometimes Americans are kind of stereotyped as we're, we're rather assertive and we are not shy to do any kind of self-promotion. Yeah. Is that something, is that a legit kind of, yeah, obviously all stereotypes, I guess that's my thing. Some stereotypes are based on, I have to be careful when I, I'm right on the slippery slope here, but some stereotypes are based on, mm-hmm. on fact. Is that kind of the truth Like where maybe European people aren't quite ready to, you know, welcome to motorcycles on fire where we, you know, that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that, I mean, especially in some of the, the Asian countries, yeah. from a cultural perspective, getting on a microphone and, and being very kind of out there 
and putting yourself out there is just not necessarily, you know, really embraced by the culture. And I think in a, in a fair amount of European countries, I, I believe that's still the case. There's a lot of people there that feel more humble about their existence and getting on a microphone and broadcasting or whatever, you know, putting themselves out there is is not as acceptable. And I think there's also a, this this perception in, in a lot of countries that um, media is not an open thing. You know, it's mm. it's controlled by the government. It's um, state run. It's it's more like, you know, in most of those countries, a lot of the media is is not necessarily controlled by the state, but it's public media uh, or it has a partnership with the the country or whatever. Yeah. It, it It's kind of like the BBC model. Right? Yeah, I was going to say it's. it's state supported you know it, it has some some separation there but it's not like commercial radio or commercial podcasting in the US but i believe that's going to change a little bit rob do you uh, and i'm a avid fan of spreaker live show so i encourage everybody to go out there and listen to that i encourage you Thank early you. get more <laughs> spreaker content you know you'd early on uh, you were kind of figuring out the format what people wanted to hear and i love the inside baseball at spreaker can we do a little bit of that in the next few minutes? Just anything you want to talk about? We, we you know, we talked about ad stuff getting better. Uh, anything else at Spreaker that we can maybe highlight that might be coming up that you, you might want to tell folks about? I think that the big thing um, also is that we have been supporting pass-through shows, which means that external shows that are hosted on other platforms like Lipson or Blueberry or SoundCloud or other hosting platforms can be added to the speaker platform and it would just be a pass through. So that's something I've been encouraging the company to move more towards because I don't believe that there's necessarily a, uh, a threat to the business to actually do that in some ways. I think that there's, you know, we've put a lot of effort into our, our listening apps to add capabilities there. I think that they're, they're beautiful and easy to use apps uh, and what we want to do is make sure that we have a full complement of content in there that um, any listener could use those apps and get access to the top shows and podcasting. Then and yeah, I, I think I've just learned something then. So if I add an RSS feed to my Spreaker account, I can do that without taking up storage space. Actually, all that stuff like I did at Microsoft all runs through me. So if you wanted to add your show to the Spreaker platform, you'd need to send me an email. Okay, because I've got a couple that, that I haven't added just because I didn't want to take up more of my hours on my account. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if you're hosting some shows on Lipson or whatever, I mean, I have the ability to add shows to the, and they're primarily the Spreaker Studio apps mm -hmm. or the Spreaker Podcast Radio apps that those will show up in. Nice. Uh, they don't show up in the on the website yet, but that's right. coming. But yeah, so we want to have a full complement of content that's beyond just the shows that are that are um, on the hosted platform. on Spreaker. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so if somebody wanted to contact you, Rob at Spreaker com. There you go. You are. You, you mentioned that earlier. How you've always been available. I remember when you worked for Microsoft and you used to give out your your email, and I was like, "This man is crazy." Um, yeah. Well, and 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 my phone number. I was I was giving out my phone number too. Wow. People were very very respectful. I. I've talked about this many times on shows that I've been on. I mean, I, w I was early friends with Mr. Robert Scoble, and he used to work at Microsoft, too. And he he and I talked about it, this topic at one point of uh, just putting yourself out there. I mean, Rob, I mean, 
Scoble, you can easily find his phone number. You just go to his website. It's right on his front page. Wow. And you can call him. Uh, and it's the same thing, you know, you know, with me, I asked some respect from the standpoint of my time zone, but yeah. other than that, yeah, I can, I can be reached. I did get a phone <laughs> because call. Because I think, yeah, I think if you're out there and you're, you're working in this community or you're in the technology community, it's a fairly small community, really. And I think being accessible, I think a lot of podcasters fall into this trap too of, of being all worried that their, their, their privacy is going to be violated or people are going to, you know, call them at all hours of night and, and pester them. And so they have to put this, you know, this kind of like firewall around them of not being able to be reached. Uh, And I think that runs contrary to what my experience has been for many years is just put your information out there and know that you can be found if somebody really needs to find you and get a hold of you and be, be, be accessible. And that's, that's what I've always wanted to be. Yeah, I have a uh, a Google Voice number on my website, and people will call that. and And I did learn the hard way that at the end of the night, you can put that on Do Not Disturb, so that when the guy calls at three in the morning from Germany and goes, "Oh wow, I'm sorry, I didn't think you'd actually answer," and I'm like, "Yes, I actually." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had that happen a, just a handful of yeah, times. Yeah, I've only had so, it happen once. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's well worth the risk. Um. Yeah, that's just my own philosophy. Rob, a, a bunch of us got in on the iHeartRadio deal back way back a couple of years ago. That got us some really sweet. I'm like my relationship with Spreaker is really sweet from a hosting standpoint. Going to iHeartRadio, I'm getting most of it at a very low, which means zero cost. Is that eventually going to expire and end? Are we going to be grandfathered in forever uh, on that on that deal? You know, where we did iHeartRadio and we got I think five thousand hours or something allotted to us. Maybe I shouldn't have even said this because now it's going to shut off tomorrow. <laughs> is that relationship ever going to end? Am I eventually going to have to start paying for that? I wouldn't think that, you know, that's, that that's going to change for those that have had it. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, good. I don't that's good that. to hear. Now, <laughs> now I think that, I mean, speak, speaking of the iHeartRadio folks, I mean, I think they are also trying, trying to evolve their, their model. And Dave, you probably chime on this too, because I know that Lipson has a relationship with them as well. They're in the process of changing their model a little bit, and it'll be interesting. They they want to be more successful around podcasts, and and I think that's I think that's a great direction for them. I've been encouraging them for a long time to develop their their podcasting side more and more. Hopefully, they'll they'll move more towards pass through. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, that, that's another one where I think radio doesn't like to underestimate podcasting sometime because when they first flipped the switch on for Libsyn, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll have people listed in a week. And 10 weeks later we're going, it was like, so we had to keep telling people, yes, you've done all you need to do. It's taken them a couple months. Now they have since it's not quite that long now, but they were really surprised on how many people wanted to put their, their show into, Mm -hmm. uh, into that platform. So, yeah. uh, Well, and, and we can all keep our fingers crossed that, Google will <laughs> be a pass-through platform at some point too, so yeah. that would be good. Yeah, John, or just work outside the United States. That would be nice as yeah. well. John, yeah, well, small things like that, right? Yeah. John asked a question. Is it true you can't have any music on your show if you're on iHeartRadio? Yep, pretty much. Uh, it will get you. I had somebody, it was a rap show, and at the end of the show they would play some song, whatever, you know, um, Kanye West or whatever. 
And uh, they're like, I can't find my shell on iHeart anymore. So I'm going through and I'm like, this is really weird. I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find it. And then I downloaded one of their shows. and I'm just popping through. And at the end, all of a sudden I hear music and I'm like, and I found the reason why you're not on iHeart. So um, because there's some I don't know if they're using, you know, a Shazam like interface or what. But I know on Google, the minute uh, I did a, a podcast review show once and we we're playing a guy's intro, not knowing that it was this like the gospel something hour and this guy had music in his background what was actually a legitimate like song and google flagged it immediately the minute i uploaded it i was like what's going on so that technology exists really quick and i've only been with i'll celebrate a year with libsyn uh next month and i've only seen one takedown notice where somebody was playing an eminem song and they politely came along and said you need to get that out of there so yeah i've had it happen a few times i've had to deal with um that issue a couple of times but but yeah you're right it's it's pretty unusual yeah what's what's coming up in the future at this point now you've got a do you, do you know what's the new feature you're going to be working on what do you think with the the ad revenue oh i think that they, it's it's building on the the monetization tools yeah. and then the other one is um the whole pass-through thing being across the whole platform Nice. So, so being able to add more, you know, external feeds to the platform to just just enable it to be a better listening experience. Awesome. Well, Rob, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on the show today. Well, and thank you for having me. It's great to great to join you guys. You guys are both podcasting geeks, so that's why I always have fun coming on this show. And uh, <laughs> you're getting ready to run over in a half hour. You'll go over to the uh, new media show with uh, yep. Todd. That's always kind of the. It's great. There's a little break so everybody can go to the bathroom. And then sit back down and watch more Rob over with uh, Rob Greenlee and Todd Cochran over at NewMediaShow.com. And, of course, you can find Rob at SpreakerLiveShow.com, which is uh, – I'm with Jim. I'm a big fan of that show. That's one that I'm like – there are some podcasts about podcasting that I like. Eh, okay. And then there's this one. I'm like, oh, cool. There's a new episode uh, coming out. And, of course, you can find Jim over at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find me at uh, SchoolOfPodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. And you can save on either a single course or uh, sign up for a membership site. But uh, And we are here every Saturday at uh, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com. And I'm really horrible at talking up stuff because I have another 39 seconds. So this is where we dance and bring out the monkeys and the balloons and anything else we want to do. But Monkeys uh, um, and balloons? Where? Yeah, where, where? exactly. And what was really fun today, the chat room was doing its own show about sponsorship and coffee and all sorts of other things. So thanks to the, uh, the chat room, as always, you guys are always entertaining. And uh, stick around. We'll have some some post-show here in a second. But, uh, again, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live every Saturday. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.